The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or, what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. That's exactly what everybody wanted to hear Jesus say today, right? <laughs> That's a healthy laugh. And it is okay to laugh when we engage Scripture from time to time, when Scripture points out that reality where we recognize in ourselves, I so need to hear your voice, Lord, but that's not what I needed to hear today. <laughs> At least that's what we think. But it's very important that we also catch the way this gospel passage begins. The beginnings of the passages are not unimportant. We often just blow right through them to get what we think is the heart of the matter. And yet way, the way the passages begin is often very instructive. And what do we hear today? We hear that Jesus is moving and great crowds are following behind him. And it's this following by a large number of people that provokes this teaching, this intervention on the part of the Lord. How interesting. Because here we see this is not something that Jesus is saying to the broader world. But it is something he wants to address to the great number of those who seek to follow him. Certain teachings that the Lord gives are for the entire world. Others are for those who have been moving with him for a while. And that's what we see here. There are people who have been following after Jesus. Their numbers have been increasing. And as the numbers get to a certain point, as the Lord is moving on and this group has been with him, following behind him for a while now, Jesus 
gets to the point with them where he says, now you're ready for what I need to say with you now. And so we hear that he turns and addresses that crowd of followers, the great number who have been moving along with him and behind him, and he has something to say to them. And note how important that is, because the teaching we have in our gospel reading today turns on the issue of who is my disciple. And a disciple is a follower. So the Lord now is saying, let's get beyond the whole walking behind a guy thing and talk about what following really means. What does it really mean to be my follower? What does it really mean to be my disciple? And it means something more than just being part of the crowd that moves along behind me. You've been doing that for a while, but discipleship involves another step, something more. But note, he waits until this moment because one has to at least try to follow him in the first place before he can get to this teaching with us. There are certain elements of the gospel that only become clear once we've been trying to live it for a while. When we are at the first beginning stages of our faith, that's one thing. But now that we've been with the Lord for a while, he wants to speak to us and say, now let's talk about what this means on a deeper level, a fuller level. What it really means for you to be behind me in a way where you're no longer just curious about me where you're no longer merely attracted by me, but you haven't made a commitment or an investment in me. And so now the Lord is saying part of discipleship is a personal investment of oneself. If you really want to be my disciple, it requires something from you. In other words, a decision must be made, and the decision comes with a consequence. The decision comes with a cost, as all real decisions do. In fact, philosophers will often speak about the paradox of freedom. And what they mean by that is freedom is the opposite of having many options. And if we reflect on that in our lives, oftentimes the more options we have, the more paralyzed we are because we have a hard time choosing between them, don't we? You see this even in restaurants. Somebody walks in, and they like everything on the menu, but they can only get one thing, and I can't decide. It happens, and so even with good options, on the one hand, it's all there for your choosing, but there are so many choices to make. I lock up, and I can't make any choice. You're probably like that in an ice cream store, aren't you? You see all the flavors and all the toppings and all the sprinkles? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, you're not. Okay, you know what you want. I, I know which one I want already. Oh, you do? Okay. I'm going to come back to you on that in a little bit. But you know, it, it, it really is funny that way 
We, like, we believe freedom is a matter of keeping options open, but freedom has to be exercised. It's a matter of choosing. And what happens when I choose, every time I choose something, I'm also choosing to let something else go. The minute I make a choice, I narrow my field, because my next choice now doesn't have options before. And the more I exercise my freedom, in a sense, the narrower my range of options becomes until I become one thing, one person. That's what Jesus is speaking about now to his disciples. If you want to be my disciple, you have to choose in a way that moves toward me. And that means choosing away from those things that would pull you away from me. And that's why he says then, if you love other things more than me, you're going to choose those things. And you won't choose me. And you can't walk behind me forever refusing to make the choice. Sooner or later, the choice has to be made. Do you love me more than your family? Do you love me more than your career? Do you love me more than your culture? Do you love me more than that unhealthy habit you think you need to hold yourself together? Do you love me more than your resentment? Strange as it is, do you love me more than your fear? If you do, you'll begin setting those things aside for me. And not necessarily because they're bad, but because they want to make a claim to the top place in the heart. And the Lord is insistent. But that top place in your heart, that's my seat. That's my spot. That's my place. And so it is then, the Lord is saying, let's just be clear, like any other choice that matters, a choice for me matters. And it comes with a cost. It comes with the cost of laying certain things aside and making certain changes for the sake of remaining with me. As he speaks this way, the Lord is conscious, though, that it's not all about cost. Because a choice for me is a choice of life, a choice of freedom, a choice to move seeking an eternal happiness that cannot be taken away. And if you want that, there is only one way to it, and that's with me. So as he speaks this way, the Lord says, do you really want eternal happiness? Do you really want to live even in this world with a real personal freedom? Do you really want mercy? Do you really want goodness? And don't just nod your head and say, of course I do, Lord. Recognize that if you want these things, you have to make a move in their direction. And that move sometimes is not an easy one. Because there are things I want to cling to and things that cling to me that hold me back. Sometimes I'm just tired. Sometimes I'm worried whether or not I'll succeed. And so the Lord says, sit down. Consider really 
what discipleship means, what Christian life means. Most of us are mediocre Christians, not because we're bad people, but because we never really pause and think what's required to be a good one. And because we never think about it, we just don't get around to doing it. So the Lord says, it's easy to be part of the crowd who sort of walks along with me, who shuffles along behind me. But if you really want to be my disciple, that requires a bit more. How marvelous that we have this teaching here where, on the one hand, we actually had to physically get up and leave home and move and come. Because the Lord is saying, following me puts your life in movement in a certain direction. And if you're moving in this direction, there are all kinds of other directions you're not moving in anymore. And the more we can clarify and sharpen that choice, the fewer unhealthy pathways open up before us. And the more clearly, the more fully, the glorious, the good, and the life-giving pathway opens in front of us. And that's the pathway we want. So following me, the Lord says, means being willing to take your feet off of those other ways. It's why we had that marvelous reading from the Book of Wisdom in tandem with this. Because we can't find that pathway on our own. As the author of the Book of Wisdom so beautifully points out, we have a hard time figuring out what's right in front of us on a daily basis. And so many concerns and distractions weigh us down and distract us. They prevent us from looking up. It prevents our hearts from beating freely. And he says beautifully, we, even what we hold in our grasp, think of this picture for a second. Oftentimes in scripture, there are beautiful mental images that are put before us. And here the author says, what we have in our grasp, and so imagine holding something in your hand, holding someone in your hand. What I have in my grasp, I only find with difficulty. How easy it is to touch someone or something, how hard it is to know them, to appreciate them. How much is right around us that we don't appreciate and don't understand. What is in my hand, I only find with difficulty. And when I know that about myself, I turn to the Lord and say, then how can I find you unless you help me? This is why Jesus turns and addresses the crowd. You need my help. And he's not saying, following me comes with a heavy price that you pay on your own because you're with me. And I will give you the strength and the guidance and if you are walking with me, then I am walking with you. And we will indeed come to the right and proper pathway. Now to my young friend over here, who has come with swords and a ninja turtle on his back, and who knows exactly what he wants, hold out your hand, young man. Because right in your grasp, you have something. Do you know what it is? What is in my grasp, I only find with difficulty. Hold your hand up, you see? He has it, but he doesn't know what it is until he turns it around with a little help. It's an ice cream voucher.
because you know what you want. Because you asked so nicely, and you obviously know what you want, but don't stop holding your husband for the sake of an ice cream voucher. Thank you. He had to pay for his own. Okay. I only have two, so that's it. In just a couple minutes, we're all going to come forward for something better than a voucher. We're going to come forward, and we're going to stretch out our hands. Because Jesus Christ loves you so much, he's already paid that price. He laid aside his glory for you. He gives his life on the cross for you. He lays himself down to lift you up. So when the Lord says, lay these other things aside, it's so that I can fill you, so that I can lift you, so that I can be with you. And we're going to come forward and we're going to stretch out our hands. We're going to receive him. What is in my grasp, I only find with difficulty. How often we receive him, how seldom we appreciate him. Oh, but not this day. Today, let us let him show us the bright and beautiful face of his goodness. Let us stretch out our hands, hold him in our grasp, and let us find him. Let us find him and let us hold him. Because that is why the Lord gives us this difficult but beautiful teaching. If you would follow me, then make the commitment, make the choice, and live the choice. Because when you hear those words, the body of Christ, that's the Lord reminding you, I've already made that choice for you. Amen.